service, uh, our midweek service here. God bless you. Um, I'm going to uh, open the service in a word of prayer. I'm going to ask Brother Reynolds if he'll come and uh, uh, open the service in a word of prayer. We've got a few prayer requests. We've got uh, quite a few folks that are um, missing this evening, uh, but we want special prayer. Brother Matt, if you can just play something softly there. Um, a couple Special prayer request, we want to remember Brother Troy and Sister Connie um, Hughes, uh, Brother Mike Pritchard uh, is at home, uh, Sister Amber McCall and Sister Shirley Buchanan are moving, so we want to remember them. Uh, Sister Carrie Whitlock is recovering from being sick, as well as Sister Becky is as well. If you have any unspoken prayer requests, if you just want to make it known, Amen. Let us pray. 
Dear Lord, we come to you tonight, Lord, with all that we have and all that we are, Lord. We bring the burdens of our flock here, Lord, that those that are sick and those that are working, those that are in traveling and in need, Lord. For each need that's been mentioned tonight, Lord, we ask your angels to place a watch over them, Lord, and to supply those needs. For we believe, according to your word, by your sacrifice and your resurrection, Lord, that you're all we need. We thank you for this service. May you bless it, Lord. For each hand that was raised with an unspoken request, Lord, we mention them, Father, but we know, Lord, that you can see them. You can hear their hearts cry. May your love and your spirit be with us tonight, Lord. May you bless the service. We thank you in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Set me free, yes, he said. 
by Jesus to see. Glory be to God, He set me free. I love Him climbing higher each day. Darkness of night has drifted away. My feet are planted on higher ground. Glory to God where I'm homeward bound. Does He set me free? Yes, He set me free. He broke the bonds of prison for me. I'm glory bound by Jesus to see. Glory to God. Goodbye to sin and things that confound. Not of this world shall turn me around. Daily I'm working, I pray to glory to God. Will I go through? As he set me free, yes, he set me free. He broke the bond of for me. I'm glory bound by Jesus. You see, glory to God. He set me free. Yes, He set me free. Yes, He set me free. He broke the bonds of prison well for me. I'm glory bound by Jesus. Glory to God, He set me free. Uh, do you know that song, um, the old time, it's the it's old time Holy Spirit, old time religion? Yeah. Give me that old time religion. We know that? Amen. I like that song. We haven't sang that here, I don't think, in a long time. It's that. Can we start in the verse or, or chorus? We'll start in the chorus. <laughs> Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. It's good enough for me. It's the old time Holy Spirit, and the devil won't go near it. That's the reason people fear it. But it's good enough for me So give me that old time religion Give me that old time religion Give me that old time religion It's good enough for me It'll make you stop your lying It will save you when you're dying It will start the devil flying And it's good enough for me Give me that old time religion, give me that old time religion, give me that old time religion, it's good enough for me. It's so good I want no other, for it makes me love my brother, and it brings things from undercover, it's good enough for me. Give me that old time religion, give me that Old time religion, give me that old time religion, it's good enough for 
against that old time Holy Spirit And the devil won't go near it That's the reason people fear it And it's good enough for me So give me that old time religion Give me that old time religion Give me that old time religion It's good enough for me Let's stand, we're going to sing that chorus again So give me that old time religion Give me that old time religion Give me that old time religion It's good enough for me Amen We're going to ask the uh, ushers to come this time Brother Chris, if you can just ask a blessing on the offering. Amen. Let's sing that song, This Is Your House. So we get ready for Brother Barry to come. This is your house. Father, come and dwell. This is your house, a holy house of prayer, where the lost and the lonely bring their burdens and their cares. This is your house. This is your house, Lord, come and dwell. We are your house, for we are your house. Father, come and dwell. We are your house. A holy house of prayer. Where the lost and the lonely bring their burdens and their cares, we are your house. Yes, we are your house. Come and dwell. Sing that again now. We are your house. Oh, we are your house. Father, come and dwell. We are your house, a holy house of prayer, where the lost and the lonely bring their burdens and their cares, and we are your. We are your house. Come and dwell. We are glad that you are here tonight. God bless you all. Certainly appreciate you coming tonight. Good to have those that have not been here in a while. Good to have you with us. Good to have the McCafferty's here. And uh, God bless you, Sister Sharon, all the family, and Sister Sarah, and the Clavels. Uh, good to have them here, and Ethan and Anna, and uh, 
the Pew family. God bless you. And yes, Sister Haley back there. Good to have Sister Haley back. I told her and Lucas they ought to wear name tags. Uh, but good to have them. Sister Tracy, God bless you. And each and every one of you, we appreciate you being here tonight. Now, what I'd like to do is, uh, before we uh, turn it to Brother Allray tonight, uh, I'd like to sing uh, that little chorus, Have Your Way. And uh, <clears throat> then I'm going to invite you to join me in prayer for a special need. And that is for Brother Burley Williams today. Brother Burley had a, uh, an accident uh, in his work and uh, using a nail gun, the nail got diverted and went into his eye. And he is in the ER as we speak. And uh, the doctors are very concerned about him because of his uh, A1C issues. And he's, he was almost ready to go for that surgery. And now this has happened. The problem is, is that with him, uh, infection, they say, has already begun to set up in his eye. And uh, the doctors have to take special care for that condition, so I uh, have no idea how, you know, how do you relate to that, I just, I don't know, but I, I know that's just the hand of the enemy for sure that would uh, strike at our servant, our brother and our friend, Brother Burley, so if you don't mind, uh, let's just pray, his family's with him, and uh, he's uh, he's been communicating just a little bit with us, and we've uh, got it on a so there's all kinds of people tonight praying for him as well. So we're just going to join our, our portion uh, with the rest of the body and just ask God's blessing upon Brother Burley tonight. Have your way. Father, we come before you tonight, Lord, together as a body and join our hearts together, Lord, in prayer with the many, many people around the world that are praying now for Brother Burley. 
And Lord, we know that that kind of an incident doesn't come from you at all. That's just the hand of the enemy, clearly. And we rebuke that enemy and all that he would cause in our lives in the name of Jesus Christ. And we lift Brother Burley before the throne of grace and mercy. And Lord, we ask now that you would draw near to him and not only, Lord, to minister to his need and Lord, to that immediate injury, but Lord, to his nerves and to his heart and to his wife. And Lord, I just pray that you would just bring a peace that only the Prince of Peace can bring. And Lord, we know you to be a God who heals in very unusual and uh, difficult situations. Lord, you're still a miracle worker tonight, the same as you ever were. And we lift him up before you, Lord, with confidence because we believe, Lord, that you are able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that we could ask or think. And in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, we pray that you would guide the hands of the doctors. And, Lord, may you bring Brother Burley through this, I pray. And, Father, just in the, in the time of life that he's in and all the circumstances that he's facing, Lord, we just commend him now into your care, the great physician. And, Lord, you know all about it. And so we confidently, Lord, bring our brother before you tonight. And, Lord, just be merciful, we pray. How, Lord, we are so grateful that we can turn to you. And it's not left just up to us or our own understanding or to medicine and the doctors. And we thank you for all of it. But, Lord, we have a higher court that we can appeal to. We have a a, a place, Lord. We have a conference that we can call any time, Lord, with you as your prophet taught us. And so, Lord, we just bind our faith together with the many who are praying and ask, O God, that you would just give that healing touch to Burley and may your mercies just be extended to him. Father, we commit him to you now with great confidence and great hope, Lord, and I just ask, O God, that you would just be in attendance. Father, bless this service now, we pray. And, Lord, for all those that are sick and those that are recovering among us, Lord, we just ask and pray that you would be gracious and minister to each one. And we thank you, Lord, for this service tonight and having Brother Allray with us today. And, Lord, may you just minister and speak through him, we ask. We give it all to you now in Jesus Christ's lovely name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. If you don't mind, keep that need on your heart, and I'll try to update you and just let you know how things are going with him. But, um, man, that's just uh, just touched my heart this afternoon when I heard that just before it came out. Let's sing it again. We're going to turn it over to Brother Ulrey without holding it up at all. And uh, Brother Ulrey is from New Zealand and uh, is over here for the meetings over in Ruth. And when I found that out, uh, I, we snagged him over for Wednesday night service here. So we're just honored to have him tonight. He's just a special brother and a dear friend and uh, glad to have him with us uh, today. So get behind the gift and pull in your part. And uh, I know that God has something to say to all of us. Uh, he always does, and he always loves to. So let's uh, let's uh, join our hearts together, Brother Tom. Good to have you back here tonight. Heard your your voice there. Let's sing it again one more time and welcome, Brother Allwright. Have your way.
our desire tonight, amen, is that God will have His way and that God will express His Word as He wants to. You know, it's so easy to listen to the words, words through our own filters, and uh, it's so easy. You know, I find as pastor, thank you very much, musicians. God bless you, my brothers. Um, I find at home one of the toughest things is that you have a burden on your heart and you express it. But what I find, Brother Barry, and I'm sure you're finding the same, everyone listens to the word through our own filters, and uh, we kind of hear it sometimes different to how it's intended. So there's one sure way to get across that, and that is for the Holy Spirit to do the speaking. And we want that tonight. We want the Holy Spirit to speak not only here, but also in our hearts, that inner teacher to take the word there. So uh, just a real privilege to be here. I'll I'll ask you to turn with me to uh, John chapter 13. While I'm just uh, just greeting you, and I, I want to uh, just say, Brother Barry is a is a very very special brother for me. Um, he um, visited right after I I became a pastor. It's now um, nine years ago, and uh, he was such an encouragement. And I was I had the privilege of drawing on his wisdom and experience, and I've always really upheld his uh, his counsel and and appreciated his friendship and his love. He's just a very special brother. Also, Sister Becky, we, uh, we had a lovely time with him about five years ago, which is the last time we've been in the States. And I also want to just bring a very special uh, greeting from my wife, Priscilla. She has met um, some of you the last time she was here, and she said to me, make sure you greet them from me. So I just want to also remember to do that. So I just trust we'll have a blessed time together. I'm just here to be a blessing. I'm not here to, to bring any controversial anything, so you can relax. I, love, I hope you forgive me for doing this, but um, I, I, I don't know if you know Brother Nestor. He always says, just relax. So we just want to relax tonight. Amen. God bless you. So let's turn to John 14, uh, 13, I'm sorry, and we're going to read verse 34 and 35. A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. I also want to just turn back to the book of Mark, the last chapter of Mark, Mark 16, and when I say that, you immediately know what's in there. The prophet often quotes... From these scriptures, Mark 16, I'm just going to read one verse there, verse 15. That's the last instruction Jesus gave to his disciples. And he said unto them, Go you into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I'm just going to read that far. Let's just pray one more time before we take our seats. Precious Heavenly Father, our Lord, is such a privilege to be here tonight, Father. Our Lord Jesus, we've come... Lord, I trust we've come with 
cups held out, expecting Father to receive from you. Oh Lord Jesus, but it would all be just an intellectual exercise, all just be in vain unless you are here, Father, until the author of the word comes, the composer of the symphony comes, Lord, and make it real to us. So I pray that your Holy Spirit, Lord, will take me out of the way, express your word through me, Father, and just use me as a vessel for honor, Lord. I also pray that that same Holy Spirit, Lord, will go from heart to heart, from seat to seat, Lord, and speak to us. Oh, Father, we just thank you. We commit the service. We commit all into your hands now in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So I want to make my title tonight, Go You Into All the World and Preach the Gospel to Every Creature. Now, um, just in case you're wondering, I know this is going to be very simple. So uh, I don't want you to get nervous about the fact that this is very simple. And I want you to relax, and I'll try to relax on this end. Just want to want to have, like I said, a bit of fellowship together, and uh, I'll just say this: that I've recently at home uh, been preaching a series on living realities, and and this was um, one of the thoughts that I was looking at there. But the theme is that it's so easy for us to get into a habit; it's so easy for us to get into a culture, and and I hope you'll for, forgive me for saying it this way, but we can we can develop a message culture. And often the message culture isn't actually the message, but it's just the way we do things. And we get into a rut and we get into a mindset and we get into a perspective or an idea or or whatever. How I like to express this is, you know how Brother Branham in the church age book and when he preached the church ages, he spoke about the Nicolaitan spirit. So he spoke about how it, you know, it, it, it was originally just that, that thought that developed and it was a doctrine and then it became deeds and so forth. And, and, and it developed from just a spirit or an influence until eventually, Brother Random uses this term, he says, it became the unbending way. You know, and many times we can, in our, in our, in our message culture, and, and like I said, forgive me for using that term, because the message is perfect. There's nothing wrong with the message. The problem is us, right? And it's so easy for us to just get in a rut and for us to get into a flow. And, and you know, in and, and simple things like just going to church on a Wednesday night, going to church on a Sunday. But those things can become just a habit and a culture. Um, I grew up in South Africa, and, and uh, very much in our environment, um, Christianity was a culture. People just went to church because that was the thing to do. I will never forget that I was so shocked one night. I, it was, it was, I was a young fellow. I was probably about 21 years old. And I hope 21-year-olds don't mind me calling you young. But um, I was in, that, in a stage of my life where I was a little rebellious and not following the Lord as I should have and so forth. And I was visiting my cousin, and he was a deacon in, in, in the Dutch Reformed Church. And, and I distinctly remember him phoning his, uh, his pastor, saying to his pastor, that was a Saturday night, in a, in a very disrespectful way, um, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be at church tomorrow morning because we're going to have a party tonight and we're going to have a few drinks and I'm not going to be able to be in the state to be in church tomorrow. And, and, and it really threw me. And, and I mean, I, I, got, I was raised in a, in, as a message believer and, and, and our standards were, were so different to that. But it was so scary for me to think how someone can be in such a rut, in such a habit, in such a culture that there's just no feeling 
any more for the things of the Lord, where it was, you know, just that approach that, you know, this is just what we're going to do, and don't worry, Pastor, you'll see me again next week, I'm going to be drunk tonight, kind of attitude. And it's just sad how it gets like that. But, you know, we can do that in much more subtle ways in the message. We can, our hearts can cool down from actually really simple, basic things in the, in, in, in the Word and so forth. I trust my accent is not too strong. Now, as, I, as I, I say how Brother Paul Moffat always used to say, I had no accent when I got on the airplane and I had one the moment I stepped off. I don't know how that works. <laughs> right. So now, now I'm, I'm speaking of this thought about living realities, and I just want to share this quote for a little bit of background. Brother Bram says here, even Job, in the days of his distress, he cried out, Oh, if I could only see him. In other words, if I could go to his house and knock on his door, if I could find someone who could stand in the breach for me, he said, I know I've not sinned, but yet I know I'm righteous. I know that I've done nothing, for I'm standing on the burnt offering. In other words, Job did what was required. Job, I'll say it this way. Job was a message believer in his day. And Job, uh, Job took what God had required of him, and he absolutely followed it. And Job, when there was a burnt offering required, Job had the burnt offering and, 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 he, and he did exactly what was necessary. And he had followed those things with a sincere heart, right? I know I've done nothing, for I'm standing on the burnt offering. But Brother Branham says, but he lacked reality. He had the form, but he lacked reality. If we bring it to today, we can say, we have the dress code, we have the conduct and the order and the doctrine, but do we have reality? He said, oh, if I could only find one who could put his hands on a sinful man and a holy God and bring realities to him. While him being a prophet and in the spirit, sitting, scraping his boils, the spirit of the Lord came upon him. The lightnings flashed, the thunders roared, and he screamed, I know my Redeemer liveth. And at the last days he'll stand on this earth Though the skinworms has destroyed this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. So God took him from a message believer to one that now had a personal experience. One that had, that had come into a reality. One that had gone more than just following a doctrine. Following a better idea than, than Pentecost. Someone that has just gotten further than, than a previous age. But someone that came into that personal reality. And that's what, that's what we want. So Job knew everything that was required. And Job could quote back to his friends. Right? And, and, and remember, we're bringing it to today now. Job's friends came to him and they accused him of secret sin and so forth. And Job could show them the quotes that he was right. Right? Job could, Job could show them by the, by the fundamental principles of the word that he was right. And Job was right saying that. But those fundamental principles, <laughs> I was, and please forgive me for, for using these terms, but, but Job could say, I've got the COD book and I'm following it to the letter. But it didn't bring him to reality. What brought him to reality is when he met God. Job had it on one level, he had the knowledge of it, he took it for himself. He could quote the quotes. He could, let's say it, say it in modern terms, he could, you know, he knew what the church ages were, he knew who the messengers were, he knew how it applied, he knew the doctrine, right? But he needed reality, he needed more forth, more than that. Until God revealed himself. 
So that Job could get to that point where he, say, where he could say, I know my Redeemer. Not just a Redeemer, not just the Redeemer. So that he could be in that personal relationship now that he can know, I am redeemed. Amen. I am redeemed. Not my mother, not, not my father, not my pastor, although we hope they are too, right? But I am redeemed. I mean, we need to each one get that revelation for ourselves that I have been redeemed. Now, now let me just ask you this question. After this trial, did Job's theology change? No. He still just needed, I mean, he still, still just needed from a fundamental principle, the offering. His, his theology was the same. He was still the same message believer. He still went through the same duties and actions as before. He still fought the same battles as before. His battles, his trials didn't stop the moment he was through that trial, right? But something in his heart changed. He came to a reality that he did not have before. That maturing process, that, that maturing process that we are going through now under, under this threefold purpose that God is working on us to prepare us to sit with him on the throne, right? In the same way, God had a higher vision for him than he had himself. Job was just going about his life and he was being a message believer. But God had a purpose for him in mind. And for God to get him to that purpose, I mean, there's your, there's your seventh seal right there. God revealed himself to Job, first just in letter form. But then Job went through the process of development and growth until he could get to the point where he was a mature believer. And he had met his Redeemer. But I can tell you, I believe after that trial, the next time he slaughtered a lamb, I believe it, there was more feeling in it. It was more personal. Because now he didn't just look at the symbol anymore, but he could see, my Redeemer liveth, because I've met him. And I know at the last day I'm going to be there and so forth. And he had, he had, he had received a glimpse of his predestination. Where were you? Hallelujah, when the sons of God danced for joy and so forth. Where were you? And from that find, finding where he came from, he also found out where he was going. Hallelujah, because it connected him back into eternity. My intention tonight is for each one of us to look into, into the mirror of the word and, and ask God, where am I standing? That's the whole purpose of preaching, right? And, and, I, and, and I hope this is okay, Brother Barry, but... You know, I, I always say to the church back home that the purpose of preaching is not to say work harder, try harder, be better, make yourself better, right? That's not the purpose of preaching. Because that's all just humanistic effort. And that means nothing. It makes us feel we're better than the next person, right? It's, it lifts up our pride, it does all of those things. But my opinion, my, I, I, I can't say this stronger than I am saying this, is that it, it's God that does the work. I mean, the Bible says by, by, um, I, I, by putting in effort, we cannot make ourselves stronger. By, by, you know, by taking thought, we cannot add a cubit to our statue and so forth. We cannot do it. So what's the purpose of preaching? The purpose of preaching is to let us look into the mirror of, to, of the Word. And when we see, God, I'm lacking here, what do we do? We become hypocrites. We put in more effort. We work harder. We pray half hour longer. Or do we go on our knees and just say, God, I'm not what I want to be. But I know what you want me to be. 
But you're the only one that can take me there. I believe that's what God wants. Remember on the day of Pentecost when Peter was, was given those keys. I mean, when the keys clicked, what did he say? That was the expression of access to the kingdom of God is repentance. God wants us to repent. When we look into the word and we say, God, I'm lacking here and there. God is not expecting us to fix ourselves. But God is expecting us to acknowledge, I need Him. And God is expecting of us to come to Him then and say, God, I need you to come in and and fill this gap that I cannot get. Amen. That I cannot do. I I, I want to ask you, God. And and that's why Paul says, Brother Branham, he puts it this way. He refers to where Paul says, I die daily. Brother Branham says, I repent daily. It's okay to repent daily. Now, now I want to say, I'm not an evangelist. I'm a pastor. So I'm not going to hold you over hell every day. Right? But, but I believe there's a place for us to repent daily. Why? Because of a love relationship we have with our heavenly husband. And we want to please him. We want to please him like those three Gentile warriors did for David. Where the least of his desires is a command to us. Not because of fear, not because, Brother Random uses the term, he says, not because God stands there with a big bullwhip, seeing where he can, you know, catch us out. That's a Pharisee that does that. God doesn't do that. I mean, God has made the promise that we'll be perfect. God has made the promise, I mean, that we will be without spot or wrinkle. And God will take us there. Amen. And we will be without spot or wrinkle in His eyes. But I don't think we'll ever be without spot or wrinkle in one another's eyes. Because we don't see how God sees. Hallelujah. I've gotten distracted a little bit. But anyway, I'm enjoying myself. I trust you do too. So now, I want to look at a quote. And, and I want to say, these things that I'm going to look at is unnatural to our first birth. It's unnatural to our human makeup. Because our fallen natures is all about looking good. All about defense mechanisms. All about, you know, showing that we are right. Self-preservation. Coming out on top. That's what our first nature wants to do. Why? Because that first nature is influenced by Lucifer who first wanted to do that right there in heaven. I want to lift myself up. And Brother Branham, yeah, I'm not going to go down that road. It's going to kind of just take me a little bit too far away, but... Let's just look at this. Now look at this statement. I want you to think now about yourself. We're looking in the mirror of the word here. The prophet says, I have constantly done my very best to try to, in disagreeing with man in religious terms, but if I couldn't take his hand afterwards, no matter how sharp the thing might be, and take a hold of his hand and say, this is in the light of a better understanding between us, and still love the person. Not just say it from my lips, but from my heart. Then I'm no subject at all to go out there and try to talk to people. Now the stuff that's happened across the earth over the last, you know, couple of years has brought division, has brought opinions, has brought camps. But the simple gospel is still, like we read in that opening scripture, that you love one another. And we can have all the seven everythings. And I love the seven everythings. I'm not saying anything. I love the doctrine of the word. I love revelation. I love how God is continually opening more and more. I love that. But we also should not forget these real fundamental things. Can we say like Brother Branham, 
from my heart, no matter how sharp the difference is. <laughs> I'm kind of hesitant to use examples, but I'll, I'll, I'll let you fill in the blanks. Right. Because, see, we must do that. We must love the person. Amen. See, and going among the, the people in all kinds of classes and different cults and clans and so forth. Well, how much of that stuff has raised up over the last couple of years? I love, I like this YouTube guy and I like that YouTube guy because he, yeah, anyway, let's just leave that. And religious and so forth and trying to lay the Bible down and say, let's discuss it not from our creed or from our book of ethics, but from the Bible. And then maybe sometime man get up real sharp. How much of this have we done, even over the last two years? Maybe some, sometime man get up real sharp, but if I got one thought that I didn't like that person, Whoa, right? That's a bit close. Then I know one thing, the Spirit of Christ has departed from me. If I can feel that I don't like that person, there's something wrong with me. Well, how's it going looking into the mirror of the Word? I know I need more of God, that's for sure. Because the Spirit of Christ... When they are crucifying him and his own people driving the nails and his very creation he created was putting the nails that he created back into his human flesh. And yet, not just with words on his lips, with a heart full of love he cried, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing, you see. Where are we standing, brother and sister? I want you to think about the last time you had a little difference of opinion with your friend, with your brother, with your sister, your husband, your wife. How are we going? What about that opinionated person that irritates you so with all their views and their opinions? Hallelujah. How do you feel about them? You see, over the years in this, what I refer to as the message culture, we have called people's names. We have looked down on people. When people didn't follow our line of thinking, we cut them out of our circles. We built up walls against them. We put labels on them. We belittled them. We killed their influence. And the Bible says that's murder. The worst part is we did it in God's name. Just like the Catholic Church. Murdered in God's name. We did it in the name of the open word. We killed people that did not see what we saw. But although our theology might have been right, that spirit was not the spirit of Christ. You see, the angel in Revelation 10 did not come down with an open book to make us a bunch of know-it-alls better than others. That's not the intention. Look at this. The, the prophet says this in the church age book. Now this false church, I'm sorry, it's a bit small. This false church has zeal. Make no mistake about that. But it's a wrong zeal. It's for the house of their own building. Building their own kingdoms, their own ideas, their own doctrines, their own perspectives, right? It's for their own creeds, dogmas, organizations, their own righteousness. They've put the word... Now, now it's so easy to, to read a quote like this and place it back in denominations. No, that's not why. The prophet didn't preach for denominations. This word is for us, right? They've put the word out for their own ideas. They've put the word out for their own ideas. They deposed the Holy Ghost and made men into leaders. They have put aside eternal life as a person and made, make it good works or even church conformity rather than good works. How much of this have we seen? 
heaps. I grew up in this message. But God is calling for another zeal. It's the zeal to cry, I am wrong. What's that? The spirit of repentance. That's what God is calling for. God is, I, I always say this, and, and, and again, I, you know, it's easy to preach back at home because the, my people understand where I'm coming from, right? And when you, when you travel, it's kind of easy for you to be misunderstood. But we're not going to the big exam in the sky, right? We're going to all sit in our, you know, pick up your pens, and then we're going to say, right, seven church ages, and so forth. We're not, go, we're not here to build knowledge, God reveals to us. I mean, the Bible says He reveals it to His beloved in a sleep. Right? We're not going to <laughs> obtain the kingdom of God by how much time we spend on this or that or the other or by any works. God wants to have preeminence. God wants us to die to ourselves. And the dying process is a repentance process. And the dying process comes in when we look at the Word and we see, I fall short. And when we go on our knees and say, God, I fall short, help me. God, please take me. Lord, I want to die to myself. Lord, but I can't even die to myself without your help. Lord, I need you to come on the scene. Lord, I need you. You know, you know I, I love how the prophet, even when, when uh, Dr. Davis criticized him, you know what he did? He went back to his cave for days and prayed until that root of bitterness was out of his heart. And how many roots of bitterness do we just allow one after the other and we say, I've forgiven. And quite often we say, but I don't forget. The prophet did not leave that there. It was so serious for the prophet that he went back to the cave and he prayed and he prayed and he prayed until that root of bitterness was out of his heart. And that's one incident. Right? How much do we carry stuff? Cut brothers off, cut fellowship off, have attitudes, build walls against one another. Hallelujah, but we are in the message. The zeal to say, I am wrong. God is looking for quick repenters, like David. Amen? Amen? When God sent Nathan, he saw he was wrong, he repented right there and then. You know? That's, what, that's why David was a man after God's own heart. Not because David was perfect. David was full of mistakes. Hallelujah, but he was a quick repenter. He was quick to go to God and say, Lord, I'm sorry. The seals were not broken to make us heady and high-minded. I mean, the Bible describes the heady and high-minded as lovers of pleasure, not lovers of Christ. But we claim we love Christ. We are in the message. But the whole purpose of God is to show us who we are in Him. He's doing the lifting up. We shouldn't lift ourselves up. Amen? And when God lifts us up, the only way in which we can be lifted up is if we can see the, the redemption process, and the redemption process is completely based on grace. And the more we see grace, the more we should humble ourselves and say, Lord, I could not do it. Amen? There's no way I could earn this. There's no way. I mean, when we look at ourselves, if we, if we are honest enough, if we find grace of God to be honest enough with ourselves, there's nothing good in us in, in this first birth. I mean, when we look at ourselves, all we see is failure. But when we look at us, ourselves through God's Word, we should look at the promises and see ourselves perfect, but not perfect in our humanity. I mean, and it's so easy to get those lines crossed. I mean, we should, not, we should never look at our humanity as being wonderful or anything. 
Amen. The more we see the grace of God, the more we see what God did for us, the more we see that gap that we cannot fill ourselves, the more humble we should get. Say, God, I am nothing. I have nothing to offer. Hallelujah. In whatever way God wants to use us. Remember, each one of us has something to do in the body of of God. Amen. But the more humble we can get, the more we can get out of the way, the more He can use us. Because then we don't get in His way. You know, I always like to use this example. You know, they say when you're a, when you're a, a lifesaver at a, at a swimming pool, while the person is still fighting to, to do it themselves, it actually endangers the life of the, of the lifeguard that wants to jump in and help. Right? When the lifeguard jumps in and he wants to help, and, and, and the guy that's drowning says, you know, no, don't worry, I've got it, I've got it. Well, okay, have your way. And that's what God is sometimes doing. All right, have your way. Let's see. How are you doing? But the quicker we get to the point where we say, God, I'm drowning. God, I'm battling. God, I'm, I'm, Lord, I'm battling with this besetting sin in my life. God, I'm battling with this, with this health problem. God, I'm, what, whatever it is. God, I'm battling with, with depression. God, I, I, I'm battling with this feeling against the brother or sister. Whatever it is, the, the root of bitterness. The quicker we say, God, I can't fix this. Please jump in and help God. I mean, I need saving. I need a lifesaver. Hallelujah. That's what He wants. I mean, and then, then we learn through our failures that He cares. Then we learn through our failures. We experience the love of God. Hallelujah. And then God draws us through those processes so that we by revelation can see He did it for us. He came on the scene for us because He elected us. Hallelujah. And, and any, any relationship, any husband and wife relationship is not, a, 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 or should not be anyway, an intellectual exercise. I mean, he chose her. She accepted the choosing. Hallelujah. I mean, and, and that's the same with God. He chose us. Is there a logical explanation why he chose me? No. In fact, if I had to choose me, I wouldn't. I mean, but he chose me. Hallelujah. And the more God can show me, irrespective of my failures and faults and issues, God chose me. Hallelujah. That's the gospel. I want you to keep that thought now. Goodness gracious, the time flies way too quick. We've over the years equated maturity with knowledge. Yet we read in the Bible where Paul wrote, If I knew all the mysteries and I have not charity, I am nothing. Knowing the theology of this message does not mean we are mature. In fact, quite often the guys with more knowledge are more immature. I hope this is all right. We can say, but brother, this is the age in which all the mysteries were supposed to be revealed, and they were. I mean, and, and they are still being revealed. Hallelujah. We're still seeing more and more and more of what God said through His prophet. And that's supernatural. And I love that. Hallelujah. But... This is the most glorious time when the hidden things have been revealed, but the purpose has nothing to do with the knowledge. You see, God's principle, for me, one of the most outstanding statements in the message is where Brother Branham uh, says there in the church age book, where he says, power without character is satanic. But power with character is fit to rule. And God is is busy with us to build more than anything our character. Well, you might sit here and think and say, well, brother, preach something deep. This is deep. <laughs> God wants to work real deep. 
Hallelujah. God wants to work with more than just our minds. We need to have more than the theology of this message, brothers and sisters. We need a reality of an experience with God where we die. And not just a death, daily death. Hallelujah. You see, you can believe God sent a prophet, believe the Godhead, be baptized in Jesus' name, believe the serpent seed, and be nothing. Well, brother, how can you say that? I'm glad you asked. And I thought, uh, sorry, and though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all the mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And I'll say that with respect and love in my heart. I can understand all the theology of the message. And I have not the reality of charity, which is the person of God. That personal experience, I am nothing. Well, you say, well, we've, we've gone way beyond that. In our church, we, we you know, have gone way beyond the basic doctrines. We've gone beyond the milk of the message. And Well, let's take it closer to home then. So you can believe we're in the bride age. We can believe the presence of Jesus Christ with us now. We can believe Melchizedek is here riding the trail once more. We can believe those things because we've been taught well. You can believe we're living in the second coming of the Son of Man. You can believe this is the day when end time scripture is being fulfilled. We can believe that it's gone from Son of God to Son of Man. You can believe those things. You can believe we are in, a, in an invisible union and be nothing. Now, I'm not speaking about revelation faith here. I'm speaking about believing it intellectually because we were taught. You see, if the life of the Holy Ghost is not in us, I mean, we can explain these things intellectually, but without the life of Christ on the inside, we don't really believe it in our hearts. I made this statement, and and you will probably understand this a little better, because Brother Stephen and them brought out that wonderful website which uses um, uh, artificial intelligence to help you find quotes in the message. So I'm going to use that for a moment. You can train robots... To know the theology of this message. You can train a computer through artificial intelligence to answer message questions. So that mustn't be it. Otherwise, otherwise that computer needs to be reborn or you know, can be classified as being reborn. It's more than the knowledge. And that's really the point I want to make. I trust this is okay, Brother Barry. Where am I? The Bible says, still in that, in 1 Corinthians, Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now, when Brother Branham refers to that scripture, he makes this statement. He says, you don't know nothing about it until you've received the Holy Ghost. Now, I I just want to put this in in perspective here. You can have gone through the Sunday school in the message. You can have gone to, you know, all the youth meetings. You could have sat sat in churches for years and years and years and not have the rebirth. And according to this quote, you don't know nothing about it. About what? About the reality of this relationship with God. Amen. You say, I accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? If you don't, 
you can't even call Him the Lord. Unless you are reborn, unless the Holy Ghost has preeminence in your soul, you can't even call yourself, call Him your Lord. And then he refers to the scripture. Because he's not Lord, he's a historical being that you by faith has accepted. Right? And, 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 and many times intellectual faith. You know, just, just a, 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 a spirit faith. Not a faith that comes right from the depths of our soul. We can accept the message this way. And think we are in the message and be in message churches and do all the, all the right things. Maybe I'll, I'll just, I've been pulled to say that a number of times, so I'll just say that here. I was 38 years old, raised in the message. Deacon in church, by that time, probably for 12 years. Sunday school teacher, and even minister. And I got to the most important point in my life. And that was when I got a revelation that I am totally lost. At the age of 38, 10 years ago, totally lost. And I had the rebirth experience. I met God. I met the God of the message. I met Jesus Christ, my Savior, personally. It's so easy, brothers and sisters, to just be in the message. But we need to come to that reality. It is so important. He's not Lord. He's just a historical being that you by faith have accepted. He says, but when He's come into you by the Holy Ghost, He's your Lord. No man can call Jesus, now he quotes that scripture, no man can call Jesus Lord only by the Holy Ghost until you are born of the Spirit of God and the Holy Ghost is in you. He says, then if you are, you are born into His kingdom and you're part of the church, you the called out ones then. He said, and a man, that's a good man. I'm going to say a good message believer can be just as good a church member as a Christian. A man that's a good man can be just as good a citizen as a Christian. A good man, moral man, but when he dies, that's it, unless he's born again of the Spirit of God. So now, there's other quotes where Brother Branham actually says it more expressively. You can't even call yourself a Christian unless you're reborn. Because to be a Christian is Christ-like. And how can we be Christ-like unless the life of Christ is inside? We can be a hypocritical pretense and try to copycat Him. right? But what we need is the rebirth. What we need is the life of Christ on the inside. Then we are Christ-like. Then we are a Christian. Hallelujah. Praise God. We need our heavenly lover on the inside. And He has to have preeminence. That's the requirement. And if he's on the inside, he will teach the right doctrine because he is the inner teacher. We do not have to worry about it. Amen. And if he is on the inside, we will treat people according to his perspective of them because his life is on the inside. Ouch. There we are on those ones again. I want you to look at a quote now from the adoption series. Adoption, maturity, right? That's what we're speaking of. Abraham says, all in love. The whole thing is bundled up now. This has been tried to be taught on many times, and no doubt what great theologians have struck it a lot deeper than I could. He said, but the thing I want to try to get to you is, now remember, maturity, adoption, right? It's the parallel to the threefold purpose process. 
The thing I want to try to get to you is this, that a man that is in Christ with the Holy Ghost can bear with a man when he's wrong. Long-suffering, gentle, patient. He's sweet, humble, faithful, filled with the Spirit, never negative, always positive. He's a different person. We're looking in the mirror now. Let's look at the next quote. hope you don't mind me sharing a few quotes tonight. Now, if people of this day with that great desire and great ambitions to be like somebody, for an example, if they took Christ as their example, then we would have, we could fire every police there was in the nation. Everybody would be meek and humble. Everybody would be kind and have brotherly love one for the other. There would never be a divorce case ever pled in our country. Now, like I said, you might think, okay, this is just the milk of the word, brother. Come on, get to the important stuff. This is important. This is part of the life of Christ that He wants to express through vessels today. Brother Branham continues here. He says, I want to be like Him. Now remember, he said, we want to follow some examples. We want to follow Christ's example. That's my desire, to be able to turn the other cheek or go the second mile, to be able to forgive when the odds is all against you. Hold nothing against anybody, though they're mistreating you, rightfully or wrongfully. It says, for your right doing, but still love them. That's the way I want to be. I want to be that kind of a person. I want to be able that when I'm railed upon, I would not rail back. That's the kind of an example that God, have ga- that God gave us in Jesus Christ. We ought to be identified with Him. And then Brother Branham had that experience of going beyond the curtain of time. And you remember when he came back, he spoke about perfect love. I'm just going to share that one quote with you. He says, but whatever you do, friends, lay aside everything else till you get perfect love. Get to a spot that you can love everybody, every enemy, everything else. To lay aside what? My desires, my careers. My hobbies? Yes. My ideas, my goals, my ideals? Yes. What about my knowledge? Yes. What about my little pet doctrine? Yes. But I was wronged. I was genuinely wronged. I still bear the scars. Do I need to really forgive that person? Yes. Lay it aside. My old grudges. All those things. Brother Branham says, lay aside everything. Until you have perfect love. Paul is very clear when he says that in 1 Corinthians 13. He says you can have all sorts of gifts. The gifts of tongues, the gifts of prophecy, understand all the mysteries, have all the knowledge, even have faith to move mountains. And you're nothing. Unless you have perfect love. What about works? Well, Paul goes on, he says, you can give all your goods to feed the poor. You can even give your body to be burnt a sacrifice. Nothing. Now we can make this real legalistic and make the bar high. Or we can say, God, I need you. I am nothing, God. But I know that you can provide everything. Hallelujah. You see, we can have all these other things. And unless we have love, we have nothing. Zilch. Nothing. Without the love of God operating in our heart, we haven't even reached first base with God yet. Just briefly, I'm not going to spend time on this, but, but Paul writes us what that love does look like. 
It says, charity suffereth long and is kind. To the brother and sister that doesn't agree or doesn't you know, share our opinion or doesn't want to wear a mask or does want to wear a mask and you know, all those things. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth, rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Brothers and sisters, I will just remind you what I said at the start. This does not lie in the natural man to do. It is impossible for the natural man to do that. It is only when the natural man dies out so completely that the Holy Ghost can do this by himself through us. That's what we want. And that's why we go through the process of repentance. So that we can die to self and get out of the way so that God can live his life through us. Hallelujah. Again, Brother Branham says, and we'll we'll move on soon. He says, oh, my precious friend, my beloved, my darlings of the gospel, my begotten children unto God, listen to me, your pastor. You, I wish there was some way I could explain it to you. There's no words. I couldn't find it. It's not found anywhere. But just beyond this last breath is the most glorious thing that you ever. He's speaking about going beyond the, the curtain of time. There's no way to explain it. There's no way. I just can't do it. But whatever you do, friend, lay aside everything else till you get perfect love. Get to a spot where you can love everybody, every enemy, everything else. There's that little bit of the quote that we had earlier. Now I just want to come back and connect back to that thought that I started off with and then go towards making a particular point that that has been a real blessing and eye-opener to me and I trust it can be the same for you. Now we looked earlier at what the gospel is and so forth. And we looked at how the gospel is the plan of redemption where God stepped into our need when we couldn't do ourselves and when we were alienated from him and so forth. Now I just want to remind us, there's a bunch of instances of stories that happen in Brother Branham's life um, and, and we refer to those things as, you know, when love was projected and so forth. You know, that man in Oregon... That couple that sat in the meeting and Brother Branham could condemn them. You know those things. The bull, the hornets, the possum, little fish, even Sister Hattie Wright and all those things. And we refer to those incidents and we call it when love is projected. Brother Branham preaches a number of services and he refers to those instances. I'm just going to really quickly just put them on the different, different sermons where he preaches on that thought. And Brother Branham shows how when love is projected. Now, I'm just going to pause there for a moment. When love is projected, there's something very important that I want us to notice. When you have a projector, the projector does not manufacture the picture. The projector just projects a picture that is fed from somewhere else. And what is very important is when love is projected through these vessels, it is not the vessels manufacturing the love. It is the love of God that can be projected through these vessels. So now just to to, to kind of connect it to those things that I just spoke about. So when Brother Branham was facing that bull, his natural man went for his gun. His natural man looked around for a tree. His natural man looked at how far the fence was to try and calculate, how can I do this thing that's required? 
Just like our natural man wants to fix it ourselves, do it ourselves, manufacture it ourselves, look better, look more spiritual, you know, look like we're true message believers, instead of letting the inner man do the work. Amen? And then the wonderful thing is, Brother Branham says, something rose up in me. Brother Branham didn't stand still and say, okay, I'm out of options, I'm going to have to go to the, you know, to the sixth sense or something. He never did that. God stepped on the scene. And God, by His own choice, expressed that love and He projected His love through the prophet to that bull. The same with the bees and so forth. Those, those killer hornets and so forth. When love was projected, it wasn't Brother Branham's love. It was the love of God that was projected through that prophet. Now... That was our opening scripture. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And I, and I want to make a point here, so I really hope you are with me now. Now, over many centuries, we've taken this and interpreted this as teach the gospel. Brother Random speaks about how, you know, millions of tracts were printed and distributed all over the world and so forth. But he says, that's not it. God said, preach the gospel. Now, I want to share a quote with you that I read this uh, maybe a couple months ago, and it really threw me, because I've never read this. And maybe you have, and praise the Lord, right. But for me, it's real special. Now, Brother Branham is going to speak about how this works. He says, how many knows what the gospel is? He says, not the word. <laughs> now, now, don't get confused here. The gospel is the word, but it's not the word. You see, it's not the word on paper. This physical book is going to burn one day when the earth is cleansed. Right? What is the gospel? It's not the word. It's not the letter of the word. It's not the theology of the word. It's not the intellectual understanding of the word. There's more to it. How many knows what the gospel is? Not the word. He says, Paul said, The gospel come to us not in word only, but through the power and manifestation of the Holy Ghost. The gospel is the power of God to make the word act what it says it will do. In other words, it's the life behind the projector projecting through this projector, the life of Christ. Right? The gospel. Now listen to this. <laughs> Whoo, I love this. Preach the gospel to all the world. Preach the gospel to, now he says, just the white people or just the brown, yellow, black. To every creature. Now listen. Every creature. You believe it means that? I seen God baffle a bull one day. God preached the gospel to the bull. I mean, I seen him cause hornets not to sting. Oh, Brother Branham, where was God? You were standing there. No, God was projecting the gospel through the prophet. Hallelujah. Amen. Isn't that striking? He's just been describing all the world, every creature. And then he says, I've seen him projected. I've seen him, uh, uh, I've seen God baffle a bull one day. Hallelujah. Let's continue. I've seen him raise up an opossum that had been laying dead all night. The gospel preached to an opossum. Well, it must mean something slightly different than what we had in mind, doesn't it? Every creature, the gospel will take effect upon anything that you ask. You say, that's wrong, Brother Branham. It isn't wrong. Now one for the vegans too, right? He says, Jesus said to that tree, cursed be you. Hallelujah. Jesus was preaching the gospel to the tree. 
Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus was saying to the tree, Cursed be you, no man eat from you from henceforth. And the gospel was preached to that tree. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'll go on. I feel religious right now, he says, to every creature. Amen. Preach it to what? Every creature. Oh, if we could just have time for these things. So, the gospel was preached to a bull. So the prophet walked into the paddock and said to the bull, Come on, Mr. Bull, sit down, get out your notepad, and we're going to have Sunday school. Right? No. That bull heard the love of, felt the love of Christ expressed through that vessel. So when God is saying to us, go into all the world and preach this gospel, that is what he meant. And we can't even express that love to one another. Hallelujah. Unfortunately, not all creatures have the ability to respond to this gospel. And unfortunately, man is probably the creature that battles most with that. You know, of all those instances of love being projected, the one that did not respond was the man in Oregon. When that love was expressed to him. He fell under that love, but there's no evidence that I know of that he even accepted the gospel. Hallelujah. But the love of God was expressed nonetheless, because it's the strongest force in the universe. Brother Branham loved him anyway, but it wasn't Brother Branham's love. He said, Brother Branham describes it as it came over me. I just felt it. It's something that God did through him. I believe it was the love of the Holy Spirit through Brother Branham. Amen. But I want to say this. If there's an elected seed at some point, at God's predestinated time, that seed will respond to the gospel. Amen. You know, sometimes... Sometimes we just think it's how much we know. But even if we don't have the mental faculties, I love how Brother Branham describes that, that little boy that was, you know, had a chain around his neck, that little black boy in Africa. And he was walking on all fours and, and, and so forth, mentally disturbed. But even in that state, he had faith to believe. And, and if I remember right, he even had faith to believe for his brother sitting in the audience. In that faith, we didn't even have the mental capacity to walk on his, on his two feet. But he still could accept that gospel preached. Hallelujah. So brother, when Brother Branham was expressing to that bull, I'm sorry, Mr. Bull, I, I walked into your, into your place, this is your place, but I'm a servant of God and so forth. That wasn't Brother Branham pretending something or playing some mental games or something. That was God. That was God doing it. And it was not the words affecting that bull. It was the spirit that affected that bull. Look at the statement that Brother Branham makes here. He says, Now if we were perfect in submission to the Holy Spirit, God would lead us by the Holy Spirit, just like Adam led the animals of that day. How did Adam, how did Adam lead the animals? I believe it was a leadership of love. I, I believe it was an expression of that same life that touched the animals and let them do what they had to do. But I don't believe Adam necessarily was able to communicate with them verbally. But I believe Adam was preaching the gospel to the animals. Hallelujah. Leading him. God would lead us by the Holy Spirit just like Adam left, led the animals of that day. We can just get to the point where we say, God, I drop my own ideas. I drop, God, I drop my own desires, my own hurts, my own complexes. 
God, help me. Hallelujah. God, I believe. Help them my unbelief. Lord Jesus, let me die to myself. Let me find your way and your leadership. And let me look at you, the author and finisher of my faith. Hallelujah. But if that love is projected through us, brothers and sisters, I believe God will allow us to reach into the mind of God. And from that mind of God, or from the, I would rather say, the heart of God, I mean, reach, reach the place where we look at one another through His eyes. Where we can preach the gospel to one another. Where instead of getting so worked up about everyone's opinions and desertion and, and issues and so forth, we would say, Lord Jesus, I want you to project your love through me. Lord, and, 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 I, and I want to say that's a daily struggle for me and I believe for every one of us, if we're honest with ourselves, is let's just get our stinking thinking out of the way. And, 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 and ask God to, to, to just, I want to say, cut through the, the gloom of our human spirits and all the rubbish that's in the way and express Himself. I'm just going to close there. I know it's a little little short of, of what I wanted to bring, but I really feel led by the Holy Spirit to, to just stop there. I wonder if we can just stand together and, and maybe the musicians can come and just play something softly. And just in simplicity, maybe God has spoken to you tonight. I want to ask you to close every eye, bow every head. I wasn't going to do that, but God just unctioned me on my heart. And, and if you just feel... But something has touched your heart and God is saying to you, there's something lacking. If God is saying to you, I want to project myself through you and I'm knocking on your door, can you say to God, Lord, let me die to self. Let me die to my complexes. Let me die to all those little roots of bitterness. Let me die to, to wanting my idea to be seen or to be lifted up or to be something special. If that's you, you can express it to the Lord with an uplifted hand tonight as we pray. Precious Father, oh Lord Jesus, you know how needy we are, Lord. You know how much we want to get in the way because of our first birth, Lord, our humanistic side. But you know that, Father. It doesn't catch you by surprise, Lord. Oh, Lord Jesus, but tonight there's sons and daughters, Lord, that is saying to you, cleanse me, wash me. Let me die to myself. Let me be a vessel that you can use, that you can speak this gospel to and through, where you can express your love so that every creature around me can experience that love projected through me. Father, I pray that you will touch every heart tonight, Lord. Even those that are not physically present, Lord, we pray that you will just let your word find entrance into our hearts, Lord. Father, in the simplicity of your word, Father, Lord, I pray that it will not go past anyone. Father, you see every need. Lord, I pray that you will just give us that settling down, Father, that you will bind us together in bonds of love. Help us, Lord. Give us grace, Lord. It's not humanly possible, Father, but give us grace to look at each other through your eyes, Father. Oh, Lord Jesus, and see you in one another and appreciate you in one another. 
And Father, I'm just so thankful for the opportunity to, to be here and to fellowship with precious other parts of your body, Lord. Father, I just pray that you will Lord, just bind us all together, Lord. You are building this building, Father. It's your building. It's your house. It's your body, Lord. Just pray that you will continue binding us together in bonds of love. Oh, Father, and as you promised, Lord, you are the one, Father. You know the thoughts that you thought about us. You promised, Father, you will bring us to that expected end. You're not expecting us to bring ourselves to that. So we just commit ourselves to you. I thank you for this time. I pray that you will be the after speaker. I pray that you will make this word so alive in our hearts. Lord, I also want to pray for Brother Barry, Sister Becky, Lord, and just lift them before you. I pray for this church, Lord, all the office bearers, each one, Father. Oh, Lord, let each one just catch your vision, Father. Follow your leading. Oh, Lord, continue to bless them and use them mightily as you do, Father. We ask it in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Give myself away. Give myself away so you can use me. Okay. 
person's called to preach or not you watch when they stand here and submit themselves to God like Brother Branham often said you give that gift to God and let God use it rather than that person trying to impress everybody but just take that gift and surrender it to God and watch what God can do with it God can actually speak to us he can project things to us he can make you aware that it's not Brother Alray it's him God himself who's projecting his love or his truth or his doctrine and his word to us. That's a great thing. That's a sign that somebody's called when they know how to do that and just step out of the way. You never learned that in the school. 
it's just a, it's just a gift. And we watched Brother Branham do it where he just stepped out of the way and let the Holy Spirit speak to people and could know the very innermost thoughts and speak truths that uh, just, you know, stop people in their tracks. Well, I'll tell you what, I believe that God wants to do a lot of that. I really do. But I believe that he also wants to use more than just ministers. I believe he wants to use all of us. Husbands to wives, parents to children, parents to grandparents to grandchildren, and, you know, church member to church member. God wants to express himself, uh, you know, through you as a vessel uh, to somebody else. And there's no greater calling. There's no higher calling to me than to just be a vessel in the hands of God. It's a wonderful thing. It truly is a wonderful thing. Be it unto me according to thy word. Let's sing that this this evening here as we close. Be it unto me according to your word, according to your promises, I can stand secure. Carve upon my heart the truth that sets me free according to your word, O Lord. Be it unto me. Make it your prayer now tonight. Be it unto me According to your word According to your promises I can stand secure So carve upon my heart The truth that sets me free According to your word, O Lord Be it me Let's bow our heads tonight. Let's close in prayer. Let's remember Emma Harwell tonight. I didn't mention her at the beginning of the service. It needs a touch from the Lord. Also, Brother Joe Drum is going through... uh, testing this week and we want to hold our brother Joe up in prayer as well Heavenly Father as we close this service Lord it just has been so good for us to come and to be in your presence tonight it's it's wonderful for us to see one another and to be with one another and see familiar faces and to be able to sing and worship together that's a good thing and that's something that we always enjoy but Lord there's something special when you come by Lord, when you pass through and you speak to our hearts and just whisper little things to us, or like when Ruth was in the field and the gleaners came along and, and uh, the workers and they just gave her a handful now and then. It was special to her. And I, I, I just want to thank you tonight, Lord, for this little time together. And I appreciate Brother Ulrich coming and just bearing his heart with us tonight and being sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Father, I just ask that you would just allow your word to sink down deep within every heart. And Lord, may we practice what we heard tonight. May we live and just move ourselves out of the way and let you use us as real instruments or vessels in your hands. 
We thank, Lord, our brother uh, Joe Drum tonight, and we commit him to you. We thank a sister Emma. And, Lord, uh, with Brother Burley, we, we just want to hold him up before you in prayer now and just ask, oh, God, that you would just make that difference, Lord, that you would just help him, oh, God, I pray, and allow your healing virtue to touch him. And, Lord, may he not have any damage to his eye and his sight. But, Lord, just restore him, I pray, back to his church, back to his ministry, back to his family again. We commit them to you, Lord. Bless our assembly, Lord. And may, Father, you just keep us till we meet again. And, Lord, we depart now in faith and in confidence knowing that you're with us. Bless those who are still recovering, Lord, and give them health and strength, I pray. And, Father, we'll give you the glory and the honor that you deserve. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Sing it as you go tonight. God bless you. Be it unto me according to your word, according to your promises, I can stand secure, carve upon There is.